The reading today is from Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. As we come to God's word, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank and praise you that you are the speaking God, the God of all comfort. And we pray today that we would hear your voice through your word by the power of your spirit, that we might know the comfort of your great love for us in the Lord Jesus Christ, for his name's sake. Amen. You know that feeling when you're looking for something you've lost? We never lose things that matter, usually just the car keys, the wallet, the credit card. And you've been searching for hours. You've searched in all the sensible places. You've been through your bedroom, you've ransacked the car, and you've got to that stage where you're looking in the kitchen cupboards. You never keep your phone in the kitchen cupboards, but there might be an off chance that you've left it there. And finally, fed up, you sit down at the table, pick up the paper you were reading beforehand, and there it is, right where you left it. An hour of your life wasted, you're never going to get it back. That's a little bit like the way that God's people run their lives in the first half of the Bible in the Old Testament. Right in front of them is the living God. He loves them. He's rescued them again and again. He's promised to be utterly faithful to them. But they go looking for security and contentment anywhere and everywhere else. And then they feel sorry for themselves when life doesn't work out. I think that the Christian life Today can be a little bit like that. Maybe you're here today and you know that God loves you because he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for you at the cross. You know that God is faithful to you. He will keep all of your prom- his promises. We know that he teaches us to find our joy and our security and our relationship with him. 
yet we still waste our time looking for it anywhere and everywhere else. We, we might be able to repeat the great doctrines of the Bible, but we're just struggling to find that peace that faith in Christ should bring. We, we spend a lot of our time feeling like God doesn't care, or God isn't there, or God's not particularly interested in my particular situation. Did you see in Isaiah 40? Let me tell you how the people felt when they looked to their own strength. We're told in verse 29, weary, weak. It's how so many people feel, isn't it? Certainly how I think I feel in my family life, day by day, tired, just seeming to make very little progress. And Isaiah writes to bring comfort to a people like that. i just give you a little bit of context where we are. Uh, we're about 700 BC, and Isaiah is preaching to the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, God's people were divided into Israel and Judah, and in 722 BC, the Assyrians came and wiped out Israel to the north. All that's left is Judah. As Isaiah starts his book, King Ahaz, our wicked king, is on the throne. And the question that runs all the way through Isaiah is, who will God's people trust? It's summarized in chapter 7 and verse 9. This is like the strap line of the book. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. In other words, if today you will not stand firm in trusting God, the God of the Bible, then there's no way to stand at all. Ahaz is replaced by Hezekiah, who is a bit of a curate's egg, a bit of a mixed bag. But just at the last moment, as Assyria come to the gates of Jerusalem, Hezekiah decides to trust God. And overnight, the Lord puts to death 185,000 of the Assyrian army, just like that. The problem is that Hezekiah is addicted to being a bit of a player on the international stage. So no sooner than he's been rescued by God than he's got the Babylonian ambassador and he's showing him round his ego. Oh, oh, come, look at my treasury. Look at my military hardware store. Look at all my toys. Look at what I got from Christmas. I'd really like to be in your gang. I think I'll trust Babylon instead. So in Isaiah 49, just before our, 39, just before our reading, God says to Hezekiah, well, you're going to be glad to know, Hezekiah, because you're so keen on Babylon, I'm sending you all there for a 70-year holiday. You're going to be punished, taken away from my promised land to a foreign pagan country. And that's what happened. 586 BC, the famous Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came and took God's people off into exile. But with chapter 40, there's a massive change of tone. In chapter 40 to 55, there is a message of grace, of God's undeserved kindness to his people. It's for the people of Judah to read while they're struggling in exile in Babylon. It's like a survival manual to keep them going when life is tough. It outlines a glorious future rescue that God is going to bring. At first, it looks simply like the return from exile to Jerusalem 70 years later. But, but pretty quickly, we see this is actually a plan for the whole world. Isaiah 40 is like the opening crescendo of a great symphony of salvation. It's a chapter that says, this is your God. Will you trust him? This is your God. Will you trust him? 
And what we're going to see today, firstly, is that he's a God of intimate comfort. Because God says to Isaiah, comfort my people with the news. I'm coming to visit. On Rashid Isaiah 40 verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Literally the word is revive, breathe life into my people. Life in exile was tough. God's discipline was real. But now's the time to return home. And like a loving father, God says, I am coming tenderly to bring you back. Do you, do you see how it's described in verse 3? A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain. It's the ultimate bypass, no planning permission required. The highway to heaven, carving through every obstacle. God in the front, leading his people on the way. Just like when he rescued them from slavery in Egypt with Moses in the Exodus. A new Exodus, but better. And when God rescues his people, they see how great he is. Verse 5, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. You see, this seems to be something bigger than coming back from Babylon. All people, all mankind together will see this global rescue. And Isaiah's got a question for God. Verse 6, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are like grass. Cry out that the people are weak. A moment's beauty in life, and then death. It's gone. I saw a poster on the side of a fire engine not too long ago. It simply said this, a seatbelt takes 30 seconds to put on. Death is forever. That's Isaiah's point, isn't it? Oh, life, it's so beautiful, but it's so brief. We're so frail. At the end of uh, last year, I was doing the thing of going through the colour supplement, looking at who died for the year. I've reached that age when all the heroes of my youth are dying. The people who did children's television. Brian Kant from Play Away, no longer alive. It's a sad time. In our church, we're in between two funerals. Last week, Simon Forshaw. This week, John Tilson. Two men, both aged 62, born 10 days apart, both who've died from cancer. Life is so brief. And I know, says God, verse 8, the graft wizards and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. That's why Isaiah can speak to encourage these people. Life might be brief, but God's promises are eternal. And God says, I'm coming. And what he says happens. Oh, the people, they might be as fragile as a flower dried in the summer sun, but God is not. No, I'm coming, says the Lord. 
tell them what I'm like. Verse 9. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, maybe you're phrased with the frailty of life. Maybe you're just honest enough with yourself to realise that the days pass quicker and quicker as the years go by. And God says, I'm coming to rescue people like that. And what sort of God is he? Well, verse 10, he is powerful and strong. He is the sovereign Lord who rules with a mighty arm. He brings his reward and recompense with him. He cannot be defeated. Nothing can stand in his way. He is utterly capable of doing everything he says. He will reward and he will punish. But you see what he's also described as in verse 11? He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I don't think there's a more reassuring picture of God in the Bible. The one whose arms are stronger than any other is the Lord who gently cradles his struggling people to his heart, who leads them tenderly like a little lamb. Now, isn't this the God that our world is crying out for? A God who comes to bring justice and love. The one who comes in power and tenderness. The one who comes to, well, not just take exiles home from Babylon, but to bring people back to himself. Because as Mark starts his gospel in the New Testament, he begins with these words. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. See, Isaiah 40 is of course fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who comes in power and justice. Demons flee before him. Nature bows to his command. Whenever he opens his mouth, whatever he says is right and true, and it happens. And yet also the one who comes in gentleness and tenderness, who picks up a small child and sits her on his knee, who goes out of his way to find the rejected and the outcast and the beggar, who shows love to the unlovely and the unloved, And who promises his people that he has done everything to deal with their sin through his death and resurrection. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one who stretched out his strong and powerful arms so that they could in humility be nailed to a cross. So that he could be the God who then stoops down to tenderly gather people to his heart and cradle them home to be with him. Do you know this God? Here is your God, says Isaiah. 
John and Simon knew this God. He was their comfort and their strength as they faced the reality of death in their time of need. And he has now carried them home tenderly. Do you know this God? If you're not sure that you know the God perfectly revealed in our Lord Jesus Christ yet, the God of Isaiah 40, 2018 would be a great year to get to know him. Maybe to read a bit more of Isaiah, to read Mark's Gospel for yourself. But I guess for the majority of us here who do know him, but we just don't feel that we have this comfort. Maybe that's because we haven't spent much time with him recently. We let the the worries of this world crowd out the word of God, which stands forever. Worry versus the word. It's the constant battle of the Christian life. Flap attack versus the faithful Lord. Everything that daily seems to crowd in, that, that seems so important, versus listening to the one who is the God of all comfort. Is he like the first readers of Isaiah in exile? We are foreigners in a land, and God often seems distant, and his promises seem dim, and therefore we need to hear his comfort. We need to look back and see what is the nature of our God, the one who is utterly powerful and completely compassionate, the one who, in the Lord Jesus Christ, says to us, my sheep, listen to my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Why? Because no one will snatch them out of my hand. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him. And his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lions in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Here is your God. Will you trust him? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that We see in the Lord Jesus your sovereign power that no one and nothing can stand against his word. And we see in the Lord Jesus your deep compassion and tenderness that he would humble himself to death, even death on the cross for us. Please, our Father, fill our vision with you, the God of all comfort, that we might know that we are secure in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and help us to trust him. For his name's sake. Amen.